success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Oh, so excited to introduce you to our amazing guest we have here in the studio for you today. We have Sue Gresham, a.k.a. the LinkedIn lady. She's a certified social media strategist, professional speaker, and LinkedIn expert teaching coaches, entrepreneurs, and professionals how to use LinkedIn to demonstrate their professional brands, establish influence, grow their businesses and personal careers. Sue's newest program, Living the LinkedIn Style, helps professionals create an authentic relationship-based LinkedIn presence using easy to implement tactics and strategies. Sue is active in many professional organizations and in her community. She loves spending time with her grandchildren, her children, and her husband of 40 years, and cheering on her favorite Wisconsin sports teams. Welcome, Sue. It's so great to have you with us today. Oh, thanks, Cammie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh Thank my you. gosh, you have a lot going on. Grandchildren, yeah. married 40 years. Boy, we could talk about that for all day, right? <laughs> we could. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm so excited to have you here and share you with our, our listeners. And, you know, let's start with, um, I just, I want to take a minute for them to get to know you a little more. So, you know, there's so many social media platforms out there today and new ones, of course, at this time are popping up even more. So could you maybe tell a little bit more about you, how you got here, you know, a little of your journey, how you got here, why did you choose LinkedIn? Um, and yeah, let's just fill us in. Okay. So um, I got here, I started my company back in 2009 after a job loss. Um, and I really started out as a social media strategist. I got certified online. And the idea was that I was going to be doing the social media content and strategy for companies. Well, what I learned um, through hard work and figuring it out was that I just did not like all social media. Um, and, and social media has changed since 2009 a lot. You know, um, back, at, back in 2009, it was free. In 2010, it was free and very little advertising and everybody was getting their feet wet. Well, now it's become a really big marketing tool. And um, what I decided and what I figured out along the way was that a lot of people were not a willing to pay for good social media strategy. But the other thing too was that people were um, really all about selling, selling, selling and not really developing the relationships. 
And I am really a relationship-based person. That's what I've believed in for a really long time. LinkedIn has always been my favorite um, from the very beginning because it was, you know, it's online, yes. It's a social media platform, yes, but it's professional networking. And that's really what it's about. And so over the years, I just really fell out of love with you know Facebook and, and Twitter and all of those, and I fell more in love with LinkedIn. And so about, I'm gonna say five years ago, I made the seismic shift, pivoted my company, dropped all of my other social media platforms and completely, I mean, I do them, don't get me wrong, but I don't, I don't work with people on those anymore. And I'm solely 100% LinkedIn because it's about the relationship and about the branding and helping people grow their business authentically. And that's kind of, that's, I, that's what I love about LinkedIn. That's amazing. So amazing. So I, I do know that um, a lot of times, it, there, because there's so many different platforms, you know, that you're going to find your perfect client or your perfect avatar in a certain place. So what would you say about that with LinkedIn? Well, you know, most people think of LinkedIn in a couple of ways. They think of it first as a place where people go for jobs. And that is absolutely true. They do. And that's how LinkedIn got their start. But the other thing people think about LinkedIn is that it's all about professionals. It's you, you have to have a B2B, business to business company, um, an organization in order to use it. Well, that really is not the case. Um, LinkedIn, people that are on LinkedIn are people, okay? Yes, there's businesses that are there and they have their pages, but it's people and people buy from people and people buy from people. And you've heard this a thousand times, people know who know, like, and trust each other. And so, with LinkedIn, you have the perfect opportunity to get to know someone on a big professional level and get to understand what their expertise is, what they do, what they do well. Um, and, and then you can actually grow from that and develop that relationship and ultimately do business with them that way. Um, so ideally, your avatar is going to be on LinkedIn almost across the board. The other thing about LinkedIn is you're not, to, you're not selling directly to them. You know, there are sponsored ads, yes, but you're not saying, hey, buy my stuff. It's a different kind of thing. So like for instance, um, I don't, my, my business is B2B and B2C because I work with companies and I work with individuals, right? So my avatar could be a little bit of both, um, but the people that I, I'm working with on LinkedIn and the people that are there you know, it could be someone that sells a Mary Kay, okay? Or it could be the doctor or the principal of the school. And whether they are my exact avatar or not, they are going to be the people that might be referring me to. So when you look at it from the whole, the whole scheme of things, most avatars are on LinkedIn. And most people are there. And, and so finding them and, and, and working with them and developing the relationships it, it's a it's a great place to do that. I love that. And, you know, I also love that on LinkedIn, you know, you can request to connect with someone and send them a note like, hey, you know, I, 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 I want to know you, right? Or I noticed this about you and I would love to get to know you better. Or even, you know, 
asking them like, Hey, I know you're, you're, you know, connected to so-and-so could you make an introduction? Like, I love that. And I love that. It's, it seems, and this could just be my perception, but it seems more controlled. Like on, as you keep saying professional, that's what keeps, you know, showing up for me is that, you know, like in Facebook, which I, I've used Facebook a lot because that's where a lot of my market hangs out. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, I get friended and then I get thrown into a group, right? So I'll accept a friend request and then five, less than five minutes later, I get, you know, a request to be added to a group. And I'm like, wait a minute, don't you want to know me first? Right. Let's, right? At, let's at least, let's at least shake hands before you go for the big date. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. You don't invite somebody in before you go out to dinner. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Yeah. Like it's true. And so like that for me, just as a consumer, I feel like that is a big difference uh, in that. And that's one of the reasons I love LinkedIn so much is that you have complete control. You have complete control over what you post, who you connect with, what's on your profile, the whole thing. You know, there isn't, uh, okay, so there, there isn't a Facebook police on LinkedIn. Okay. Yes. Every once in a while, if you really go outside the bounds, you'll lose your account or, or you could get shut down for a little bit. Um, but they're pretty specific, you know, so you really, really can a be yourself professionally, but you have control and I love it. And if you don't want to connect with someone, you don't. And if you want to unconnect with them, you do. It's great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation. And so I would say my next question is, how do you build authority when, while you're using LinkedIn? That's, it's not something I've mastered yet. I, of course, I've had an account for years, but I'm not real active and I do have people that I follow. Uh, but how would someone, anyone in any business, build their authority on this LinkedIn platform? You know, I love that question. So, you know, there's a couple of things to think about with, your, with LinkedIn. One of them is when you start, you know, you, you build, first of all, you, you know why you want to use LinkedIn, okay? So in this case, we're talking about wanting to build authority or wanting to build your brand. And, you know, you start with the pieces in your profile that help you do that. So the pieces are, because people are going to come and read your profile and they're going to want to get to know you, Right. Um, so what, we're, what you do on your profile is you fill in the key places that actually show that you know what you're doing. And those are things, you know, like, for instance, your about section where you tell your story. It, it's also in your experience section where you show um, that you have had the experience because part of authority is having to show experience, right? They will pay attention to you. If and if they know that you know what you're talking about. And so, you know, through your experience, you're filling out your profile and showing those things that that experience you've got. But then on LinkedIn, there's even more to it than just your profile. And, you know, I'm only talking about two little snippets of profiles here. Um, you know, but part of the profile is your skills area. So I guess I'm talking about three because that, you've, you know, you put that in with the things that show your experience but really the authority starts to come in as you're developing the relationships with the people that you're working with and that you're connecting with and that you're, and that you're out there, that are out there on the LinkedIn network. Um, you know, the authority comes with being there, first of all, you know, a big rule is you've got to show up. You can't just set it and forget it. Um, so you have to show up and you have to, and I don't mean every day, don't, you know, don't get me wrong, but if you, you know, a few times a week and so on and so forth, but, 
the authority comes in with the content that you're sharing. One of the things about people that are on LinkedIn, and when you asked about avatar before, one of the reasons that a lot of people are on LinkedIn, it's to grow their network, but it's also to learn. They're there to grow their careers. And so by giving and by, by demonstrating your knowledge and by giving quality content and quality help and giving information that the people are looking for, that helps build your authority. So, you know, it's the things like the engagement. It's the pieces that you do when you are first connecting with someone, when you are looking at that homepage of yours and you're um, commenting and you're sharing, you know, information with the people that, have or that are posting on things that are of interest, right? And you're, you're sharing quality comments, not just the great idea, but, you know, adding to the conversation. All right. And you're expanding. And when you're adding to the conversation, even, even if someone else started it, when you're adding to the conversation and you're showing your own personality and you're showing your own knowledge, that helps build authority and other people will see that. Then, of course, there's the posting of the content, writing the articles and the videos, which are so big right now on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, all of those things that you can be doing to then demonstrate that you know what you're talking about. And so, you know, with authority comes, you expand your knowledge, right? Okay. And you expand other people's knowledge and that's really what it's about. So the people will then say to you, hey, there's my go-to person. Hey, that's the person that knows the answers to what I'm looking for. So, but it's a matter of putting yourself there and showing everything that you've got and not holding back. And that's how you show your authority. And ultimately then it goes into influence at some later point, but that's how you start with showing your authority. That's awesome. So I have a couple things. I love what you said about adding to the conversation. So I need a total mind shift in this area because I'm so like Facebook. So people put things out there and we're constantly like sent, putting our funny responses and stuff to whatever they're posting. But when I would see that on LinkedIn, I would always feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't um, add conversation because I would almost feel, and this is just me not having this knowledge. Um, I would almost feel as if like I was trying to one up the person. Do you get, you understand what I'm saying? Like if you were to put something out there and I was like going to add to it, does that look like I'm trying to like look better or more knowledgeable than you in that area? And I think I'm immature in that area of the knowledge of that. So well, and, yeah, and I think, I'm glad you said that. Well, and I think some of that, that concept is, it depends. And you know, with everything, it depends, right? There's the way that you put it out there. So you want to think before you just start to randomly type, right? Um, so you might want to do it on a Word document and make sure it makes sense. Now you can always edit, you can always, always delete your own comment. The idea though, that most of the people that are authority, you know, people and that are thought leaders that are out there, they love the conversation. And, and they love really, um, if their skin is not so thin, okay, that they're going to be thinking you're one-upping, unless you really are. And you'll know when you're typing something that, huh, I got a better statement than you, you know, that gotcha thing, right? 
you're better off Should, doing, yeah. that, doing that. Then start your own conversation and, and you know, but or start your own discussion on that. Um, but people love, like, like for instance, in my space, now I'm on LinkedIn and I'm a LinkedIn, you know, quote expert. So I follow a lot of LinkedIn experts and I'm learning from them all the time, but we're also having conversations about, you know, and we're sharing to each other's conversations because that's the way our people are going to learn. And remember, you're not just speaking to, to their, to your people, you're speaking to their people too. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, one of my other favorite LinkedIn um, experts is Bryn Tillman. And she actually, I don't know if you've listened to her interview, but she actually has an interview here on our podcast from a few episodes ago. And she's, she's just a special friend of mine as well. So it's yeah, just... Bryn, Bryn is amazing. She's super smart. And I've got, I've got her book and I follow her. She's super smart. She's yes. really good at what she does. Yes. In the sales world, she's awesome. And yeah. I love that we are all learning from each other in this platform and there's enough for everyone. You know, we're always, always in that learning mode. So yeah. um, one of the things I want to ask you about, because I just noticed this during this pandemic, was Simon Sinek, right? So, you know, I adore him. I read his books. I follow him on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, he needs a haircut just like all of us, right? <laughs> I think it's so fun now to see all these videos and see how different everyone looks than like their real stage appearance. And I'm, I'm also in the same boat. So, um, but I noticed that now he has done like these team huddles. He started a book club for his book. Um, I just, I have seen him just morph into this, this, he just embraced it, right? As he yeah. pivoted into what we have today that he, you know, he is a, a speaker on a stage and now we're not doing that right now, but I love how he just pivoted. So can we talk a little bit about video? Um, because, you know, he started something and I've been following that, but what, what is the rules and, um, you know, rule of thumb, I would say, or best practices for videos and things like that on LinkedIn? Well, there's two kinds of videos on LinkedIn. There is a LinkedIn live, which is kind of like a Facebook live. And then there's the native video that we would post, you know, he's, he, because he's a thought leader, um, you have to apply to get the LinkedIn Live, okay? Not everybody has it. And so, um, so for something like what he's doing, I mean, he's doing literally live videos and talking with people and all of that. But that's a, that's a special thing on LinkedIn, okay? So, but for the rest of us that don't have that, um, the idea here is to, because video is so popular, right? I mean, th this is what attracts people. Um, so what the, the idea is, is that you use video on LinkedIn, very short little two minute, no more than two minute videos, not necessarily a converse, not necessarily a sales pitch. Okay. But you know, you would do it, um, so have it on your computer. Okay. Um, and upload it from your computer. That's what native video means versus um, having a link to your YouTube channel, you know, a little insider baseball here. LinkedIn doesn't really want to send you to other places. They want you to stay there. Okay. So the idea here with a video would be to create something that would be of interest and of value, but peeling back and letting people see how things really are. 
okay? Um, really just showing themselves and being natural and giving just a couple of minutes of something. So like for instance, one of my, one of my friends in my mastermind um, has done a phenomenal job with LinkedIn videos uh, or video that he's posted on LinkedIn where he's talking and doing things with his team virtually. Awesome stuff. Um, I have another colleague that is doing amazing things, um, just talking about what's happening in the environment. He, he's doing little snippet videos of some of his colleagues and what they're facing. These are all things that, believe it or not, are really great right now to help people through this piece, this period of time. But when it's all said and done, if you've got a little how-to video of how to do something, great. You know, those are the kinds of things that people will learn from. Um, at the, and the idea is just to really be yourself and not to make it a choreographed video. I love that. And, you know, I do believe that after the pandemic is, I don't know that it'll, I don't even want to use the word over, but, you know, when this passes, uh, I believe that some of the old school companies are going to realize that there is a better way. And I'm seeing so many people using these social media platforms to be more effective, more productive and reach further than they could within these offices. And I'm so encouraged about that because oh. I see, you know, there, this forces them to see that there is a better, more efficient way. And if they were uh, fighting against, you know, uh, evolving with technology, this is proving to them that it really is a good idea. And I'm really encouraged for what the future looks like after that. Oh, I know. And I, I think, I think we've seen this seismic shift and I, you know, I, I hope it's better. You know, there's going to be some things that it won't be, but I totally agree with you. And I love the fact that um, some of these platforms, including LinkedIn, I mean, they're just really opening things up and, and really helping. You know, I mean, you can, there's so many little new things happening on LinkedIn that I almost can't keep track of them. Okay, seriously, I almost can't keep track of them. But, you know, they're adding all these different nuances and these things like, for instance, okay, so right now at this point in time, LinkedIn, had, LinkedIn has always had this thing called LinkedIn Learning, okay? It used to be Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, and then it's LinkedIn Learning. When you have a paid account, you automatically get access to it. LinkedIn Learning is a place where you go and you can get, you can learn anything. People have little, little classes on there. Um, LinkedIn has opened this up to be free during this period of time. Um, for people. And I don't know exactly what the parameters are on it, but I know that they've opened it up because this is the time for people to be learning new skills and to be doing things. So it's fun that people are becoming proactive and they're really looking at this in a different way. It's very I love cool. that you just mentioned that too, because, you know, there are many uh, Ivy League colleges that are now offering online classes. It doesn't matter where you live. You can sign up for a class and actually get a certificate. And I think that's amazing. And that brings me to what I wanted to talk about, which is what you're doing, you're teaching right now. So share with us a little bit about the, the courses that you have been teaching in the, the local college and tech uh, schools and, um, and how that has shifted. So what oh, do you teach? Awesome. Yeah. And how, how has this helped you to shift in what you're doing to still be able to, to deliver that knowledge without actually showing up to that classroom? Well, as you can imagine, everything has shifted, but I teach um, at a local technical college. I teach a LinkedIn, kind of a basic class. I mean, it's a, it's a 12 hour um, 
class where it's, you know, starting and it, it was a hands-on workshop before where we actually walk in and we build our LinkedIn profiles together. Okay. And, um, and then I also teach at a, a, another college, University of Wisconsin, one of the feeder colleges for that. And um, I'm teaching a job search, how to use LinkedIn for job search. So, you know, I, I do a little bit of a little bit of everything with that. But these classes have totally shifted. I, you know, we were supposed to start classes um, in like March. Okay. Um, well, guess we didn't do it. So all those, unfortunately, because those particular campuses didn't have things put in place, we didn't get to do anything in the spring. But now we've, we're bringing them back on in the summer, um, and they're going to be, you know, via Zoom, our favorite thing, right? Zoom, um, it, and they're going to be via Zoom, and I think it's going to be really fun um, because, well, like different, but we'll be able to do breakout rooms. You know, so instead of me walking around the classroom of that one class where I'm actually sitting down with, you know, my students and helping them wordsmith or do whatever, whatever that question is, we'll be able to go into, you know, to do a little breakout room and be able to spend that one-on-one -on -one time with them while the rest of the class is kind of working on it themselves. Um, so it's, it's going to be, that's going to be an experiment. It should be kind of interesting and I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, and you know what, this is, um, this is such a great thing because, you know, we're going to need a lot of job search, right? As things start to open back up, there's a lot of people that are shifting that maybe will not go back to their old job. Maybe they'll have to search for something else. So this is, this in itself would be a great lesson as well, not just for college students, but there are middle-aged people now that are having to, to start that process over again as we come out of this. So uh, yeah. what that and that's is. About, so and that's about 40% of my individual business. And it has been all along is my individual coaching has been people in career transition or job transition and helping them, you know, navigate LinkedIn. Um, that takes a little bit different than, you know, if you're trying to sell product. But um, yeah, it's, it's, this is going to be a very interesting time for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, this has been so great. Oh my gosh. So let's tell our listeners uh, where they can find you. So do you have just one, one link, one website where they can find you? Absolutely. My website is my, sue-gresham.com. So it's www.sue-gresham.com. And that's where I've got blogs. I've got all sorts of stuff there. Fabulous. And of course, all of Sue's information will be in the show notes. So be sure to check them out as well uh, when you're done listening to this episode. So Sue, we promise our listeners uh, on the She's Invincible podcast that we are not only going to spotlight fierce female entrepreneurs and their journey and their success, but we are also going to take the listeners into the the inside and we're going to share with them some of the obstacles and successes that you have endured uh, and faced in your journey to the success that you are at today. So we are going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly right now. We do this not because we want to focus on the negative things, but we do realize as successful women that we need to be transparent and we need to share these experiences because others will be encouraged to get back up and fight for their dreams. So let's start with the good. So could you share a story with us about just 
a great, a good or great story that you have experienced along your journey? Well, um, I've a, I've a long, this is probably my fifth career. Okay. And during this last 10 years of having my company, you know, things have ebbed and flowed and changed. We all know that, right? Um, Cause that's what happens. Um, and technology has really changed in these 10 years. And I will tell you that I've never been really super techie. So probably the greatest victory that I had what, during my, you know, the thing that I was most proud of during so far in my business career was um, I actually created an online program back in 2018 and did a class. Um, I took Amy Porterfield's Courses That Convert, and now it's Digital Course Academy. But I took that to learn how to build a class because I, long stories, I've been a teacher my entire life. That's what my degree is is in teaching. And so I wanted to have an online course and I wound up doing it all by myself. I couldn't afford, you know, somebody to do the tech for me. I couldn't afford somebody to do, um, to do the website. I, I basically I couldn't afford anything other than Amy's course. And so I built the whole course by myself. I did the, you know, the, obviously the outline, you know, and, and actually, but I did the tapings on Zoom. I learned how to use Vimeo and how to store things. I learned how to upload them, how to create on my, on my existing website. There's a separate whole membership area. I learned how to work that. I learned how to work um, the actual um, uploading and creating the templates and uh, you name it. And I had to do it. Every little thing. The only thing I didn't do was create the logo for it. I had a friend do that. But I, so I spent months and months building this course and I didn't do a big launch. I did a mini launch um, and I got seven people that signed up, which to me was just, you know, this most amazing thing in the world. You know, when PayPal and stuff is coming into your account, it's like, woo, you know, it was amazing. And I launched the course and it was the most exhilarating thing when I hit live, I literally sat and, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm showing my husband, look, 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 you know, and all of that. I sat and I cried for probably five minutes. It, I had birthed a baby, a, a business baby, so to speak. And it was the most wonderful feeling in the world. Um, and I never thought I could have done it. I, if you had asked me seven years ago, five years ago, if I would have done it, yeah, but I did it. And that was probably my greatest business victory was just persevering and getting it done. I love that. And you know what I love is that, you know, when you talk about like when you get those PayPal notifications and isn't it so true that you feel that in your heart? Because as soon as you see that someone invested in your course, you're like, oh my gosh, it's like saving a starfish, right? Yes. You're like, I can help that one, right? Because they said yes. And it's that PayPal message that comes in that says, boom, somebody, some great person out there just invested in themselves so that you, Sue Grisham, can help them be better and do better and have success. I love that. I think yeah. PayPal should change the message to that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like so-and-so just invested in themselves so they could do better and you're going to get the opportunity to help them and be a part of it. Oh my gosh, Sue. I love that. I uh, love that. I know. Yes. It's like we got to figure out how we could change the message that comes through because isn't that what it's all about? You it was, know, it was so cool. Yes. And, and, um, now, and there's so 
my people, you know, the course was before the course is done now, but they're still my people. And, you know, I, they're still in my Facebook feed, you know, my lives and they've, it's, it's great. Yes. You're still teaching them. They're still learning from you. That's why they're still with you. And I, I just love that, you know, as influencers, we, and we get to have the opportunity to have an influence and impact other people's lives and help them to, to know better Absolutely. and do better and, and have their success and that we would have a little part of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, that was so fun. Maybe we should have saved that for last. So <laughs> now we have to talk about the bad. So I know, you know, in every journey, this is the part that people don't see when they're comparing themselves to you. They don't see the struggle. So could you share a bad story? Sure. Um, and this is actually an inter- this is interesting because I really haven't thought about this for a long time, you know, because it's our, it's our past and we, you know, we just don't, but I mentioned before I've had four or five careers and, and what, this is actually something that happened in a previous career. Um, I, my husband and my in-laws and I, we owned a business. Uh, my father-in-law bought into the business he had worked at for 20 years. And so we helped him buy into it and it was an electrical contracting company here in the Milwaukee area. That's where I'm from is Milwaukee. And we bought this business and it was in the eighties into the nineties. So it's, it's been a while, right? Um, Here's the thing about that is none of us were electricians. Okay. But my father-in-law had worked at this business for years and, but we totally relied on our staff of, and at at our height, we had 50 electricians and we had engineers working for us and we were working on all sorts of big in uh, resident, not residential, commercial and um, industrial projects here in town. I mean, it was a big deal, um, but we made some bad decisions and we hired some wrong people. And we also then got involved with some other bad people, some bad developers who one actually wound up going to jail for stealing. Um, and what happened was, you know, this beautiful business wound up going under. And, you know, so we as a family, you know, had to make that decision of what we were going to do and how we were going to manage. And the toughest moment that I had through all of that, besides the sleepless nights, because we do, you don't sleep when you're worried about people and you're worried about money and, you know, and we had our houses invested and, you know, I mean, ultimately we, I mean, the bad is we, we went bankrupt professionally and the business went bankrupt and that was it. But the hardest thing that I had in that whole thing personally was um, my husband left the company. He was, he was a CFO. He left the company when we knew we had to so that he could find a job to support us. Right. And I stayed with the business and my father-in-law and I ran it. And um, we made this, when we made the decision to shut the doors, um, we decided we called a company meeting, which was not, you know, we had company meetings before, so that wasn't that unusual. We called a company meeting and about five minutes before the company meeting, or maybe 15 minutes, you know, it was a long time ago. Um, my father-in-law said, I've got to go do an errand. I'll be right back. And he left and he didn't come back. So uh, there I was at a young age in my thirties with a room full of 15 electricians and a couple of engineers, and I'm the one shutting down the company. And it was the scariest time I ever had in my life, but it also was an amazing time. So, you know, I, 
announced we were closing the doors and I had to go through the technical stuff of handing out the paychecks and getting their keys from their trucks and, and they're, you know, making sure all the equipment was back in and so on and so forth. And um, we had some people that had been with us way before my father-in-law had bought the company even. And, um, you know, they were actually, they were amazing. You know, they were consoling me as much as I was trying to console them. But we got to the point where it was over and everyone is gone. And I stood in this warehouse by myself and I was 30, you know, in my mid thirties at that point. And it was like, holy smokes, what did I just do? I just stood up to a bunch of guys, okay? Because they were all men. I was the only woman and I was young. Some of them in their 50s and 60s, you know, and, and they're tradespeople and some of them were rough and tough. And I just shut down a company. Um, and I remember locking the door, you know, on my way out. And um, it was amazing i mean i it was horrible but it was amazing that i actually had the strength to do that and um now i sometimes even now you know i think about it and i go whoa i did that and then i think why am i afraid to do the things that i'm doing now you know <laughs> when i could stand up in front of a bunch of guys and hand them their paychecks and say you're done you know um but it, it was one of those defining moments in my life where I understood that, okay, A, I got my big pants on now, but B, um, you know, we can get through stuff. We can get through stuff. And so it was, you know, I, I, I don't, know, don't know what happened. A lot of those guys wound up going and finding new jobs. They were like unions, so they went back to the bench and all of that. They landed, but um, it was one of those defining moments in my life that was really it was not so good, but it, but it was okay. Oh, yes. Yes. And at that moment you, you were the leader, right? You got pushed right into the leadership position and yeah, but you're never, never went back to be the same old Sue, did you? you I never did. I never did. Nope. Nope. What do they say? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. And it totally, it, it was a, it was one of those times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, that's one of those I would never trade as, as icky as it was, I would never trade it. It prepared you for such a time as this, right? Yeah. And all and now I have, now I have a business again. Of so, course. you know, of course. And it's, it's the right one for the right time. Right. Okay. That sounded ugly. Do you have an ugly story that's uglier than the bad? <laughs> oh my goodness. Unfortunately, yeah. I do, but I know I want you to share because this is what is going to give our listeners the encouragement that they need to get back up. Yeah. So, you know, the ugly now, it's more of a personal thing. Okay. It's more about me um, than, you know, a business thing. Um, I, again, I remember I had a bunch of different careers. Okay. So after this was done, um, I went and worked for somebody else. And I had worked for a company. I, I worked for about 15 years for a couple of different companies. And I worked it for one. Um, and I'd been there for 10 years. And um, it was September of 2008. And those of us that remember 2008, we know what happened in September. Um, well, I was one of the victims of what happened. Um, but before, so what happened was I got in a, on a Tuesday in September 2008, I was called to my boss's office and I was let go. And I had been there for 10 years and I was one of the executive management people on, you know, one of the leaders of the company. 
okay? I was sure I was going to retire from that company. And, um, but things were happening and the world was slowing down and business was being lost and so on and so forth. And I was like, oh, and you know, that was, that in itself was horribly traumatic. And I use that as a story as I'm talking about part of the reason why I do what I do now. But the piece that's the ugly piece that I don't share very often is that when I lost my job, I had no idea, you know, I lost my identity, right? You know, you are what your title is on your business card. You are all of that. And, you know, I came home and I had a good, and I was making a good salary. And now there was, that was not happening. Um, I wound up not knowing what I was going to do or what I, what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know where to turn. Um, it was, I didn't realize at the time, but um, my husband realized that I was depressed and um, he would come home from work. Um, he, he worked a couple minutes away um, at that job that he actually went to and was at when we closed our business. He's, he's still there today. Um, but he, he would come home from lunch at, at lunchtime to make sure that I was okay. Now, I didn't know that at the time. I knew he was coming home and I, you know, I didn't know that he was actually coming home just to check on me. And, um, and I didn't know I was depressed. I just knew I cried all the time. And I just knew I couldn't sleep and I knew I wasn't eating and I knew I was losing weight, but I didn't know, I wasn't, I wasn't in tune. Okay. Um, and, but I, I hit, I guess, rock bottom, if that's what you want to call it. Um, when I went, one of my girlfriends, um, she's my best friend, actually, my husband called her and it turns out he had called her a lot to talk to her about how I was doing. And she was calling me a lot and trying to get me out of the house and do things. And I wasn't doing it. And finally, one day she did get me out of the house and we went to the mall. She had to buy something there. And we were, I remember this, like it was yesterday. Um, I was standing in the, the women's clothing area of this department store and she was trying on a dress for a wedding. And all of a sudden I started crying. Not just, you know, little trickle tears. I mean, it was like the big, ugly, sobbing, couldn't catch my breath. You know, the world is dying type sobbing. And I didn't know it. I, I, I don't know why. I didn't know why that was happening. Um, she grabbed my phone out of my purse and said, call your doctor. I'm like, and she's like, so she's dialing on my phone, calling the doctor. And um, I got on the phone with the doctor and I'm sobbing, barely speaking. And the, and the doctor said, are you going to hurt yourself? And I said, no, I mean, that never occurred to me. And they said, okay, well then we don't need to see you right now, but I want to see you first thing tomorrow morning. Well, I went in to the doctor the next morning and it turns out I was clinically depressed. They did all this evaluation and I had no idea. And um, so I, you know, was taking antidepressants for a long time. Um, I, I was able to get off of them, but I had no idea the impact of how you get so tied up in something and how that, how, when that happens, just bam, when you don't expect it and so on and so forth. Um, I, I always thought I was invincible. Seriously, I did. That word, you know, I did. Um, big learning lesson there. And it, it was it was rough for a while, and it was really rough on my family. Then some magic happened, and I decided figured out what I was going to be when I grew up, and so on and so forth. So the happy ending comes, 
But that was a bad, you know, I, I, my family really suffered through about six months of really bad anguish. And I did too. And, um, but we're all better on the other side now. And, and I get what it looks like. And I appreciate, you know, when I know someone is depressed, oh my gosh, I so appreciate it. I also know that whatever I say isn't going to help other, but a hug will help, but that's about it. You know, it's one of those things that just, it's something we, we go through. So that's my ugly story. Wow. Yes, I agree. That is ugly too. And you know, here's the thing is that you just have no idea how many people you just helped just now by just sharing that story that no one else knows about you. And they see you as Sue Gresham, the successful LinkedIn lady, you know, and so thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing that because that is what we're here for is to make a difference and to help other people. And so let's do this. Let's, first of all, uh, you are invincible, by the way, you are invincible because you got back up. Yeah. You, you did not let that define you. You fought back. You got back in the ring when the bell rang and you got back up. Let's tell our listeners, maybe there's someone out there right now who's listening to this and they are right where you were. What should they do right now? Oh, well, the first thing is don't think badly of yourself because, you know, self-esteem and depression, I mean, they all go hand in hand and it just, it, it's just, it's so, it, it's not going to help. Let's put it that way. But, but really, there's, nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with seeking help and making a phone call if, you know, you can. Very, and, and, you know, especially at this, unfortunately, especially at this time, you know, I mean, this part of our history right now, this last two months, and I didn't even think of that until this is coming out of my mouth right now, seriously. But this is a time when, you know, we're all holed up and everything could be happening. Um, and, you know, and, and we're, we're stuck in our worlds. Uh, totally reach out if you have any strength. Reach out and just call your best friend, okay? You know, if you can't call your doctor, call your best friend or talk, talk to your spouse or somebody and just say, you know what, I'm just not doing really good. And, you know, maybe we can help, help me work through this. I, I didn't know to ask that question until, and then when I fell apart, then it was obvious. If you can avoid not, fall, you know, if you can not get to that rock bottom and try and catch it ahead of time, boy, that would be like, that, that would be, that would help you and it would help your family and help your situation. But if you can't, and if you do hit rock bottom, like I did, you know, where you just literally fall apart, just know that there is an answer and just know that there are things that can be done and call your doctor, right? Call, like, your doctor. call your doctor. But, uh, and you know, like right now is a great time to surround yourself with those support people, right? Because you, you never know when you're going to need that, but how fortunate you were to have your husband and your best friend that were advocating for you without you even knowing it, they already had a plan and were executing it to make sure that you were going to be okay until you realized how, what, what the situation really was. And so I would say, gosh, you know, that if, if there's anything great out of that, that is such a gift. And 
like we want to encourage our listeners to surround themselves with that support system, even if you don't think you need it now, because if you're headed in that direction, you will need it later. Well, and this just makes me think one more thing is yeah. that even if it's not you, if you see one of your people, one of your friends that is starting to go down this path, if you can find a way to be their advocate, you know, I think that's, I, I think that you made a great point, Cammie, in that, you know, I, that's exactly what they were. That's exactly, and, and that without them, I, who knows? So, um, you know, and that's the other thing about lifting each, you know, helping us, us all lift and, and grow together. And, and to make us help us be invincible is that who we've got and who we can support along the way. So I, I think it goes both ways. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so you hats off to you for being invincible, for surrounding yourself with great people and a great support system. Thank you so much for being with us today. Again, you guys, here she is, Sue Gresham, the LinkedIn lady. She is invincible. Thank you so much for being here. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you are in the world. And I don't know where you are in your life, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl, get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.